Welcome to Influence Church. I am Phil Hudson-Peller, and I am the senior pastor here at Influence Church, and we welcome you worldwide to what we're doing here in Anaheim Hills, California. And I want you to know something from the very outset. Never underestimate God. Never underestimate God. In times of crisis and difficulty and challenge, sometimes we're tempted to say, God, where are you? Or what are you doing? Or what plan do you have? And then on every hand, there are those who would be telling you a different story. God cannot be found and God cannot be trusted. But I want you to know, I've read the book from the beginning to the end. And the bottom line is this, God can be trusted. In my own personal life, I can tell you, God can be trusted. The Bible says even when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself and God in you will not deny himself in you. You are chosen by God, called out of darkness, placed into the light that you might magnify and glorify the great name of our Lord. Can you say amen? You, you might be standing, you might be sitting, you might be lying down, but I want you just to raise your hand and say, God can be trusted. And God is doing a day, in a, a work in our day, that we don't really fully understand. But I want you to know, some of the headlines that I've been looking at recently have painted a different story than the negativity, than the overreaching, than the control that seems to be happening around our world. Listen to this first one. Exclusive new poll shows COVID-19 creating enormous spiritual interest, causing Americans to read the Bible, listen to sermons, some for the very first time. Do you realize that without this crisis, there would be many who would not be in the kingdom today. There would be many who would not be praying, many who would not be reading the word of God. So on one hand, we see that the negativity of what's happening and, the, and, and all the, the crisis that's happening, but look at the other side of the coin sometimes. God is working in our midst. Here's a second uh, news uh, headline. Coronavirus outbreak spurs record Bible purchases People are looking for hope. I've read uh, records as high as 40% increase in Bible sales. Now, I want you to know that whenever you read the Word of God, even if you read just a little bit of it, it's powerful because it is living, it is breathing, and it is active. And so that person who picked up their first Bible and began to read it, you see, God got the spiritual hook in their soul. And once God gets in that, that place, you never go back to the same place. It's like a rubber band that gets overstretched. It never goes back to the same place. I want you to know people are not going to go back to the same place they were with God. How many of them will come in the kingdom? Only eternity will tell that. But I want you to know God is working. Here's one more headline. Millions of Americans say coronavirus is a wake-up call from God. A stunning 44% of Americans polled said they see the global coronavirus pandemic and economic meltdown as a wake-up call for us to turn back to faith in God as signs of the coming judgment. Now, that's really an interesting kind of a view, isn't it? This is a wake-up call. 
You know, when 9-11 happened, we had a wake-up call, but many of us remember it was short-lived. Churches were filled back up for a few weeks. Everybody went back to normal. Everyone went back to just adjusting to the way life was. But now we're some 60, 70 days into this uh, lockdown and until this pandemic, and still there are those on on the highest levels of, of government within the state and the city who are saying, yeah, we're not ready, we're not ready. L.A. mayor just said another three months, we should be okay. Some have said not until we have a virus, uh, a vaccine for this virus. Well, I want you to know God is still working, and God is still working, and we're Americans here in this nation, and we say, you know what? We believe God is working in our country, and I believe God is working in your country. Whether you're in the Netherlands or the Philippines or wherever you are around the world, God is at work. In the Bible, there's a phrase, and that phrase is that day. And that day in Scripture has some significance. It means, first of all, a distinct day. It's a day unlike any other day. It's not a day that you just say, oh, it's just another day. No, God said, I have marked it out in advance. And I am going to show you what I'm going to do in that day in a special way, in a unique way, because it's going to cause a radical change in perspective. When you begin to experience that day, what's going to happen is your perspective on life is going to change. And I think we can all agree, we have a different perspective on life. And then different strategies, new strategies are going to come out of this as well. Already, I believe innovation is coming. Already, I believe there's going to be a new way of doing life. I think the value of family and friends has gone up. It's amazing when I run into a friend uh, on the street or a member of our church. It's like they've never seen me before. I am so warmed and welcomed that I'm just thinking, it would, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have that bond of relationship moving forward that we find in the absence of relationships now that we're feeling? You see, God is pulling us together for a reason. God wants us to really unite around him and around his power and his authority. I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, and today I'm going to be using uh, a combination of translations, but this one is from the Amplified, and it speaks so well of what God is up to. In Isaiah 29, it says, Then the Lord said to me, Because the nation approaches me only with their words and honors me only with their lip service. Now let's just pause for a moment right there. God looked at his nation Israel, and he said, You're saying the right things, but it really you're just going through the motions. You're just honor me with your lips, but not with your life. I don't see transformation. I don't see a deep commitment. And then it says, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence for me is a tradition that is learned by rote without any regard to its meaning. How many times have you as a Christian said those kind of things? You know, I just, I know I'm a Christian, but and you put that disclaimer on the end of your relationship with God. How long has it been where you really felt the power of the Spirit in your heart? How many times have you really longed for the Word of God, and when you read it, you just felt like you were being bathed with truth from on high? You see, God wants to bring us back to that place. Now, when we come to the place of just giving lip service to God, many people think, well, that's judgment. Yeah, but God sometimes operates different than we think. Notice what he says. Therefore, listen carefully. Are you listening? Are you listening? He says, I want you to listen carefully. 
I will again do marvelous and amazing things with this people, wonderful and astonishing things. God says, when you are far removed from me, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to remind you how wonderful I am. I'm going to draw you in with miracles. I'm going to draw you in with those special messages that come only from me in your heart. I'm going to show you signs, and I'm going to show you wonders. I'm going to open up the Word of God to you. I'm going to give you a vision for tomorrow. I'm going to give you hope for tomorrow. And he says, and then the wisdom of the wise men will perish. Every day, ongoing, it seems 24-7, we have some wise person by the world standard telling us the answers to what's happening in this pandemic. And it seems like they contradict each other from time to time. In fact, some of them contradict them, their own selves from time to time. But you see, the Bible says there are those who are wise of this world, but I want you to know I'm going to take their wisdom and I'm going to confound them. He says they're going to perish and the understanding of their discerning men will be hidden. In other words, when, I, when you see what I'm going to do, I'm going to, man is going to elevate himself up and what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring him down and I'm going to bring my wisdom up. You see, God is about bringing his wisdom to the marketplace. Amen? God is about speaking truth. Now look what it says in Isaiah 29 and verse 18. In that day, in that day, what's going to happen? The deaf will hear the words of the book. Now if you read the context of this, he's not talking about the physically deaf. He's talking about the spiritually deaf. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of the obscurity and out of the darkness. In other words, there comes a point at which, wait a minute, I see this. Now I understand what's going on. Now I have clarity in my life and in this situation. So I want to give you three things that I believe you need to unlock right now, coming right out of the Word of God. The first one is unlock your future. Unlock your future. So many people have stopped dreaming, have stopped believing, have stopped hoping. So many people have come to a place where they say, I guess I'll just quit. This last week we celebrated uh, the small business and entrepreneurs, and yet it wasn't much of a celebration because so many of them are struggling to keep their businesses open. But I want you to know, every one of you who have a business, which makes up a large percentage of America, I want you to think about this. What is God showing you in the supernatural realm that'll cause you to recreate and reinvent what you've done. You didn't start a business with guarantees. You didn't start a business with everything in place. You started with a dream. You started with hope. You started with a future in mind of what could happen. And I want you to know, I believe God is just outpouring fresh ideas and fresh things to us today. Let me take you to Jeremiah 29. For I know, says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. God says, you know, you may not have plans, and your thoughts may be in conflict with reality, but I want you to know I've got some plans for you. I want you to know I've got some thoughts for you, says the Lord. Plans of peace and well-being and not disaster. Oh, disaster's on every hand, isn't it? Everywhere we look, we have disaster, we have problems, we have, we have court cases that are going forth, challenging what's happening, and there seems to be chaos in our world. You know that God is a specialist in the midst of chaos. God calms storms when you get in a little boat, 
And then he amazes those who've traveled with Jesus. Remember when he calmed the storm and all of the, the disciples, when he said he spoke to the wind and the waves and they died down, and then it says they were very much afraid. Well, this is what God does. God is a specialist in these times. He says, plans of peace and well-being, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I want you right now just to speak it out and say, God, I want to accept the future and the hope that you have for me. I'm not going to believe this lie. I'm not going to live in this disaster mindset any longer. My God is bigger than all of that. My hope is bigger. My future is bigger on that. And then he says, then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. God says, when you feel hopeless, pray. When you feel like you don't know where to go, call on my name and I'm going to listen to you. What do you want God to do in your life? I was talking with someone this week, and we were talking about their business, and I said, what do you really want from your business? And sometimes we haven't stopped long enough to say, what does the new future look like? If I could bullet point two or three things, the future, what would it be? And then begin to lean into that, begin to pray into that, begin to say, God, would you do that in our life, in my life, in my business? Then with a deep longing, a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. Hey, we've been searching for food, and we've been looking for, oh, I've got to get this. I've got to get store up with that. I don't know what's going to happen. And, and grocery stores remain probably 70% empty in some cases on some food items. And yet God says, do you see me as being a vital necessity in your life? Have you been storing up hope? Have you been storing up truth? Have you been really pressing into the things of God? He says, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. How do I find God? I search for him. How? With all of my heart. So here's what I want to give you a couple ideas. I want you to rediscover your genius. What is it makes you unique? What is it that makes you special? What is it that gives you a competitive edge in the world because of who you are and the way that God has designed you? And then I want you to fall back into this and remember, your future is better than your past. If you think your past is the best, you'll never see your future. You can't live in yesterday. You can't live in 2019. You're living in 2020, and you need to say, okay, I'm going to look at today and forward. What can I do? And I'm going to just affirm every day. I'm going to get up in the morning, and I'm going to say, my future is better than my past. Would you say that with me? My future is better than my past. I know here at Influence Church, we've been using this time to, to really reinvent and try to rebuild infrastructure and, and find new ways to do things and find out what wasn't working and try to fix that and try to touch lives of people in new and fresh ways within our congregation because we can't be there on a Sunday morning gathering. But here's the second key. Unlock your faith. Unlock your faith. If you'll say, if you'll just look at your faith and say, why is there a padlock? on my faith? Why have I been shut out of my own house? I want to turn the key. I want to come back into the house of faith in my personal life, and I want to see what God can do. Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is the assurance that is the title deed and the confirmation of things hoped for, divine guarantee. Faith is that. The only thing you have that Bible says is a guarantee is that God exists and that faith works. 
God exists, faith works. Are you letting faith work in your life? And it goes on to say this, that faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced in the physical senses. For by this kind of faith, men of old gain divine approval. You know the one thing that God looks at you and he says, you know, I approve of that, it's faith. We get all worried about what we're doing for God. God says all you need is faith. I love it when you live in faith. I love it when you trust me. I love it when you just look the face of adversity in the eye and you just say, I believe God. I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna see what God can do in this situation. I've figured out what I can do and it's not much. But I know what God can do. He can do great things. In Hebrews 11, it goes on to say this, but without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and to please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists, and look at this next phrase, and he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Here's what the Bible says. Do you believe God exists? Now do you believe God is rewarder of those who seek him out? You say, well, I haven't had a reward lately from God. Are you sure? Sometimes you have to step back and do a little inventory and say, what do I have that's happening in my life and working in my life that, that I could say, God did that? And then when you begin to lean back into that, you go, wow, God is doing some stuff. Now, God, I believe you're a rewarder, God, because you said you are. God, I need some rewards in my life. That is, I need some direction. I need some hope. I need a job. I need my business to open. I need these things. Lay those before God and say, God, would you be the rewarder God that I read about in Scripture? Would you be the God of truth, the God of hope? You know, the one thing I do know is just a little bit of faith can move a mountain. Have you spoken to your mountain lately? You say, well, I don't have great faith, but the Bible says if you have a little faith, you can speak to this mountain, and it will be cast in the midst of the sea. So you don't need big faith. You just need to exercise the little faith that you had. Sometimes you have to just say, God, I know I have little faith, but I'd like to have more. God, I, I know that there's not much I can do, but God, I, I want to do more. And let God work in your life, and then pour your life into a worthy vision. Do you have a vision of what might be worthy? You know, during this time, we, we began this empowerment program several months ago, and, uh, and Jen has been leading that out, and, and, but it, it has to evolve. It has to change, and all of a sudden, we realized that we needed to provide food and help the, the, the different partners we have, like the Boys and Girls Club and Teen Challenge and, and some of these other places. We said, well, how can he help? And so we began a food drive like most people, but we realized it was inadequate. We just couldn't generate enough food to care for the needs. And we began to take food down and realize they were feeding sometimes a 1,000 families a day at the Boys and Girls Club. How can we help? And we began to just pray about expanding that and what we could do. And then I got on the phone to my good friend at Gelson's, and I said, Rob, is there anything we can do here? And he said, let me get you some fruit. And next thing I know, I had about four tons of fresh produce come in. Now I had to figure out what to do with four tons of fresh produce. And then we connected with a food distribution center over in, in Rancho Cucamonga. And we said, let's just put these boxes together. We began to pack these boxes uh, under their direction and realized that we could feed a family of four for four days for $4. I want you to think about that number. A dollar a day to feed a person. That sounds like something in a third world country. 
And then you add on top of that fresh produce, fresh fruit that goes into that, and, and all of a sudden we began to just get a vision for what we could do. And, and then here came another load of, of fresh fruit from Gelson's, and then, then Kroger sent a couple of tons of potatoes. We said, we need a forklift. And we went out and we got a forklift. We had to move all of this, and then we got a coal storage unit. And then today we start with, a, with a, a, a food distribution center right here at Influence Church where we're gonna be feeding people into the thousands. And you see, the Bible says this. And whether you're poor or just hungry, whether you're, whether you're poor or you're just a little short right now, I want you to know this is for you. You don't have to be living an impoverished life for us to help you. We need this food to get into your house. We need to bless your family, regardless of your economic situation. If we can be a benefit to you and we can bless you, we're gonna bless you. We're gonna take care of you the best we possibly can. And we're gonna just keep asking God for manna from heaven. And our manna comes in the shape of, of potatoes and carrots and, and all kinds of different things. But you know, we're gonna just keep trusting God for that. And, and God began to just kind of put this on our heart and all our, our team right now is, is outside of this building and they're feeding people because we wanna make a difference. You see, let your, pour your life into a vision that's worthy. What would you like to see God do? And then the third thing is to unlock your courage. Unlock your courage. You might say, I'm, I don't feel courageous. I feel fearful. I feel like I don't know where to turn or what to do. All right, then take the key, unlock the lock, and say, I'm unlocking my courage today. Would you say that right now? Just say it out loud, wherever you are. You might be in a group watching. You might be out in our drive-in church in the parking lot. Would you just say, I'm gonna unlock my courage today. I'm not gonna fall back into a spirit of fear. I'm not gonna fall back into in just reluctance to trust God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna unlock the courage in my life. Joshua 1, 9, uh, 8 and 9 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What makes you courageous? The Word of God. Read the Word of God. And it says, You shall read on it and meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with what is written in it. When you start reading the Bible, you say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to decide. I'm going to try to do everything it says that I need to do. And the more you read, you're going to find there's going to be some more things on the list. But you're gonna say, I'm gonna have a heart for that. And well, what if I fail? Then you're gonna tell God, just confess to him, God, I, I didn't hit that one, but I'm gonna try harder this week. I'm gonna get closer to you every single day of my life. But you shall read and meditate on it that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with what is written in it. For then, now look, where's the promise? Here's the promise. Then what'll happen? You will be, I will make your way prosperous. You see, that's a guarantee from God. That's a promise from God. If you say, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and I expect you to do what you said you would do. You see, I think God likes it when we take him at his word. God, you said if I'll do that, you will make my way prosperous. And then it says, and you will be successful. Do you want to be successful in life? Now, you can define what success looks like for you. It's not necessarily gonna be what the world defines successful. What do you think is successful? And then he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and be courageous. Well, how do I, how do I become courageous? You just say, I'm courageous. I know that sounds so simple. I'm gonna be a person of courage today. I'm gonna to look the problems in the face and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be courageous today. And it says, do not be terrified or dismayed. That is intimidated. 
For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So wherever you go, whatever you do, don't let anybody intimidate you. Don't let the situation intimidate you. The best thing you can do for your faith most times in this season is to turn off your news media. You see, when you fill your mind with the negativity we see and the frightening tactics that are coming from media today that seem to be bent on keeping this problem going longer and longer, when you, when you keep just taking in information, your mind stores that in your subconscious, and then you're living that out in your conscious life on a daily basis. And that's where you give the enemy opportunity for a spirit of fear to enter in. You see, you have to shut the door. Can you say that with me? Shut the door to fear in order to gain courage. Stop the input of the stuff that's not building your faith and open the gate for that which brings faith to you. And then here's what you do. When you turn on the lights, your fears disappear. You ever been frightened at night in the dark? What's the first thing you do? I don't know about you, but I send my wife to go look. See what's going on down there, baby, because I, it doesn't sound good. Because I know, she, I know she can handle the situation. But actually, what do you do? You turn on the light. I got to see what's going on here. And, and usually I just say, I'm, I want to see who's going to get me. If I can see my enemy, I can, I can face my enemy. If I can see my enemy, I can overcome my enemy. If I can look my enemy eyeball to eyeball, at least I know I've got a fair fight. But you see, when you travel in the darkness, you don't know which angle it's coming from. Turn on the light and your fears will disappear. Look at this definition of fearlessness. It is not the absence of fear. Rather, it is the mastery of fear. Fearlessness is about getting up one more time than we fall down. Hey, have you fallen down in your faith, in your courage? Get back up. You say, well, I've done it several times. and just keep getting back up. How many times? Just keep getting back up. Only engage in battles that further your destiny. You see, too many times we get all all engaged in battles that don't matter. We get in conversations that don't matter. Ask yourself this. If this does not determine or further my destiny, I am not going to engage in that conversation. I'm not going to let that drag me down. I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm not going to let that worry me. i got too much going in my life. I've got a destiny that God has laid before me, and I want to live it out. And then this is my favorite one of the whole message today. Determine you're going to outlast your enemy. You know, it's the guy who won't give up is the guy who wins. The guy says, I'm just going to stay in this fight until it's all over. You've got to be the king of comeback. You say, got me down, he's got me pinned, I don't know what I'm going to do. Then the minute he lets you, gets a, just a break in you, you get back up. And so I'm going to outlast my enemy. What's your enemy? Fear? Economics? What is it? Put it down and say, I will outlast you. I will look you in the eye and I will become a person of courage. Amen? And where does some of this courage come from? Well, it comes from Almighty God. It comes from God. God will give you courage. God will give you power. God will give you authority. You see, when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ by faith, you get the God of courage inside of you. And he is living in you, breathing in you, moving in you. You know, Jesus faced the cross with courage. He died on Calvary with courage and with hope and with faith and with trust. And then he was buried after he died. And three days later, he came forth from the grave 
courageous, powerful, and overcomer. He had unlocked the key of death. And when he unlocked the key of death for himself, he unlocked the key of death for you and you and you and you. You see, that's called salvation. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be saved. You'll enter into the kingdom of God by faith. The Bible says all who call upon his name will be saved. I'm going to ask you right now to call on his name. I'm going to ask you right now to join me in a prayer like this one. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you were buried and you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. By faith, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for saving me in this moment. Now, God, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with courage. Fill me with hope. Fill me with a future. Fill me with your promises. And let me be the person of God that you want me to be. Amen. Was that your prayer? If that was your prayer, just thank him right now. Say, God, I thank you for saving me. And then tell us, just enter it into the Facebook there and, and, or email us or message us and say, today I received Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, I want you to know you can renew your faith today. You can say, I'm gonna, I've been a Christian for a long time, but I haven't been filled with courage. Then I want you to be filled with courage today. Would you just say, I'm gonna renew my faith today. Lord Jesus, I renew my faith. Make me a powerful man or woman of God that I can stand in the midst of every trial knowing that you are my God, that you have not left me, you have not forsaken me, that you are with me even now and into the end of the age in Jesus' name. If that was your prayer, then just thank God for that.